We got a lot to talk about this week, including I am Groot preparing for She-Hulk. And normally when we do these shows, we don't really have a roadmap, which puts us in the same company as DC. So we're going to roadmap it for you. It's all coming up right here on Just Another Nerd Show. We should just cue the music. Hello there. I am Iron Man. I am your father. I'm Batman. Why so serious? I know, right? If you think it's nerdy, we got you covered. Tell me, do you play it? Oh, no, no, that's not a question I need to answer. Just take my money already! Just do it! I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. It's so dark! Do you say that from the DC Universe? We know each other! She's a friend from work! We were doing it everywhere. And I mean everywhere. At the office. After hours. Over the phone. On the weekend. Get your head out of the gutter. We were talking about comic books, shows, and movies. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. So now we bring you Just Another Nerd Show with Jason Whistle and Kevin Hilston. What is up, Nerd Nation? Welcome back to this edition of Just Another Nerd Show. I'm Jay. He's Kevin. We have quite a bit to talk about, including uh, the latest Marvel drop, preparation for next week's Marvel drop, and we're going to try and make sense out of the discombobulation that is DCEU. Uh, but first things first, Kev, how are you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, uh, remember when we were talking about my injury the other week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did it again. <laughs> I wasn't ready to come back. I forced myself to come back, and I got hurt. Same injury. I just got to stop. I got to stop. Uh, I'm, I got to stop. You are, you are now officially need to be the kid with the helmet. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. You need to be the I kid need, with the helmet. I'll throw this out into the universe. If anyone has a healthy right groin, I would love it. <laughs> are, I don't are know you what the out here looking Anyone want to give me their groin? Because I can sure use a groin around here. That's what <laughs> you're making me sound like. I'm wearing like a blanket, and I'm beside a hobo fire on on the under the fucking gardener. Like, hey, you got a groin? Hey, 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 over here, over here. Uh, Sparity change? Like, no, I I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. <laughs> not today, not, anyways. Not that guy, pal. Not not that today. Guy. Not today. Not. Okay, so let's start off with uh, three words. I am Groot. Repeat after me. Could mean anything. Could mean anything. I am Groot. Right? Exactly. We we could spend an hour here just saying I am Groot in various intonations and people will be like, oh, it's so deep. I understand it all. Uh, And those are the people that clearly need to get out from under the blanket and stop asking for people's groins. But we had five, six minute (laughs) drops, which I think the credits were actually longer than the episodes themselves when you got the, the foreign language credits, which I'm surprised that they had that much in the way of foreign language credits because, like, how do you translate I am Groot? Just well, Groot. Well, Vin Diesel, he did, um, I, I, I mean, not that we should be talking about this any longer than a single episode of that short lasted, um, but Vin Diesel talked about it on Jimmy Fallon, I think, because there was a, a video of him in the booth, and he fired off, I think it was 37 different languages of I am Groot and in all the mm-hmm. different inflections too just over and over again in all these different ones and Jimmy Fallon sat there and he listed off a couple languages and Vin Diesel remembered what they were and he was like firing them off. I gotta find that clip for you maybe like we'll, we'll post it to our Twitter but it, it's pretty impressive actually he still remembers all of them too the Groot and the Furious I like it yeah. uh, <laughs> but I mean I'll, I'm not gonna lie like Wednesday when this dropped, you know, it, it, it was not the best day, but I watched these. I'm like, this is a this is a nice way to start the day. Like, I, I 
I binged the entire series before I got out of bed, which you can because it's only five episodes and they're all really short. But it, it was fun. It was fun. And I, and I get that they're just shorts. And I know that Disney Plus has been kind of pumping these out kind of thing. But A, they looked great. Um, but B, they're just cute. They remind me a lot of, you know, those kind of not necessarily the just for laughs shorts kind of thing, but just some of those like classic cartoons, like the rabbits ones, like they, you don't need much in the way of language. It's, it's slapstick comedy and it works. Yeah. It felt like, um, like a comedy version of Pixar shorts. Like when they did, I think they did bow the dumpling. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done the one with the, uh, French music player in the square. Like it, they, they, yeah, they've done, They've done a bunch. They did one with a mime. Um, they've done one with the guy that's, I think that's the one I was talking about before, the guy with all the instruments attached to him. And uh, I don't know. It, it, it's, it was nice. I. It wasn't good enough for me to ask for more, but if they do it again, okay. I don't, I don't know what the budget was for it. It looked low budget as soon as I, I had the, I watched the rocket one last. Mm, and I'm like, as you should. Uh, yeah. I was like, yeah, it's, it, it, uh, it doesn't look like movie rocket i i will agree on that one but i mean yeah. groot is fun and the thing is this might be a way for them to kind of reclaim because i remember you know you go down these rabbit holes on youtube kind of thing and someone had done a i think it was like a groot versus yoda dance-off kind of thing and it was stupidly cute as hell but it's like this is their kind of way to reclaim you know, that, that shorts kind of thing. And plus, let's be honest, like right now it's, we're, we're about to jump into She-Hulk, which is good, but with no Star Wars and no, you know, no Marvel, it's been fairly quiet since we, we wrapped up Miss Marvel and Obi-Wan. Yeah. Other than like, uh, we, we have She-Hulk on the horizon we're getting more Star Wars Andor news. They just released a full uh, schedule. It's going to take us like into, I think, November 23rd, I think I saw. Like something like that, around that range. It's a 12-episode season, which I didn't know. I'm sure that was public news beforehand. But that got me extra excited because I would love, if it's going to be a Rebellion origin story, super excited for. I know I'm going off on a Star Wars thing here. But yeah, Marvel, <laughs> Marvel news has been relatively slow. But... They just told us everything we need to know at Comic-Con. And they're about to tell us more in a little bit at D23 Fan Expo. Mm -hmm. So, it's just, you know, like, I can only use sports analogies right now, but we're in the dog days of summer, to to be honest. (laughs) No, we are. We absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. But it also also comes out, when when you think about the timing of this, right? This came out when they did an investor's call, uh, Disney did. Uh, And this is when they uh, released the fact that they added 14 Point one million subscribers worldwide domestically mm. not you know not a huge jump but i mean like let's be honest u.s and canada were probably driving that you know driving that viewership anyways but now that they're expanding worldwide that's 14.1 million but it also came out the day that they dropped the idea of uh if you want the price to stay the same, that's fine, but you're going to get commercials. Uh, and if the, the price is going to go up if you don't want commercials. Uh, so it's almost like Groot was there to soften the news, if you will. But, but I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, right? I mean, Disney Plus is kicking Netflix's ass. Like, there's zero question. 
Netflix is starting to put out some more good stuff. I mean, they had Stranger Things, um, Sandman is out, so they have some good stuff that is coming out, but it just feels very imbalanced. Like Disney Plus seems to be, you know, holding everything up as like this is what we are the kings of the streaming wars, and you will pay for it, um, but that's okay. Like I don't even still their rates are cheaper than Netflix and you can't argue that Disney plus isn't putting out quality content all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, Disney has, unlike Netflix, Netflix's sole income is from their streaming service and Disney has a lot of financials to be able to pull from. So I think with Disney, it's a little easier to be competitive in the streaming price range because they know that if they introduce a piece of IP, like say, for example, uh, let's say Groot this week was a brand new character, hadn't been seen on screen before, and then they drop these shorts, you can bet your sweet cheeks that there was going to be something in the Disneyland and World gift shop, and you can bet that there was going to be a new character called Groot that was going to be played at the parks. So mm-hmm. they they get, they get uh, income in other forms, which is once again it's a monopoly right like i know that's not what this episode's going to be about but oh my god they they can just gather their money from everywhere but yeah they they had so well you were talking about being slow though like there was i am groot Mm -hmm. there was uh the iron heart leaked set photos which we say leaked but i mean when something (laughs) when, when something of marvel's or disney's is truly leaked they take that stuff down immediately off the internet this has been Mm. up here for another it's been a whole like 24 hours now and i I think we're free to talk about it if they haven't deleted every trace of this off the internet and then we got we got she hulk to preview because we got episode one next week Mm. and we already got a little clip of it um and, and the whole bit right which of these three do you like i know we already talked about i am groot i don't really want to beat that too much you want you want to talk a little bit about where you think ironheart's going or I mean, Iron. I mean, first things first. The fact that we have Anthony Ramos as uh, as the hood looks so um, good. It, it does. It looks like exactly like you want it to look, like straight out of the comic books. Um, I will admit that Ironheart's suit in those leaked set photos kind of looks like Discount Cyborg. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm sitting there. It's like <laughs> Ray Fisher kind of show up and you know join the MCU, which I, I wouldn't hate. But you know. The Hood is a very interesting character. I I was surprised that they didn't try to bring him into uh, the Defenders, especially considering how much the hand played a part in the, the, the Netflix Marvelverse, if you will. Um, so the fact that we're getting the Hood and they're just bringing in like all these characters, like, let's be honest. Marvel and Disney can do whatever the hell they want. They have a pantheon of characters and it doesn't really matter seemingly how big they are or how little known they are. They can bring them in and people get excited about it. It's it's almost like the opposite of DC. And even though recent outings, things like the Eternals haven't necessarily had the best critic response, people are still out there saying, yeah, no, I wasn't <laughs> going to say it. It wasn't that bad, you know. Um, <laughs> roll but, credits. But, <laughs> roll credits. But here's the thing. Marvel has proven that they'll introduce something and it's going to mean something two, three years down the road. And you can be like, oh, oh that makes it's like that whole scene in uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home 
where um, Mysterio is, you know, basically revealing all these people on his team that were always there during Iron Man. And it's like, oh, 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 this is brilliant, right? The thing with Marvel is they've shown that just little snippets here and there could mean something somewhere down the road, especially with Secret Invasion coming up too. this being a massive crossover event that's coming to Disney Plus. Also, by the way, uh, Secret Invasion will be coming up soon enough before you realize it. Disney Plus doesn't have to justify anything. By the way, that that extra money for commercial free, if that goes towards um, giving more money to the Marvel VFX artists, uh, I'm all for it. Like mm-hmm. they, they've proven they've proven they're bringing good quality content people are enjoying the shows people are enjoying the movies and and they have disney plus has revitalized star wars mm-hmm. hands down like where where they left off in the movies with solo and rise of skywalker i mean i liked solo don't get me wrong but i know your thoughts on rise of skywalker and people were almost like oh god they killed star wars and then the mandalorian comes out and then the Mandalorian season two, and then the book of Boba Fett, and then Obi-Wan, and we're going to get Ahsoka and Andor, and people are like, okay, Disney Plus saves the day. Um, It's almost similar to what they've been doing with Groot here, right? It's, I Am Groot works in little five-minute stints. Star Wars really seems to work well in shorter 45 minute to an hour long formats of a more episodic type nature like obi-wan i still think obi-wan may be the best show front to back disney plus has put out in its in its existence Mm. um you know they they, they've unlocked the code for star wars i may fight you on that one but go on (laughs) You, you can't argue that it's not one of the best things they've put out i agree i agree as original content goes um it's definitely up there. I. How are we basing this? Just quality wise? Are we basing viewership or number of subscriptions? I, 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 think it's a, I think it's a combination of things. I mean, yeah. and even now, like, I mean, Obi Wan brought in a lot of people that that really appreciated Ewan McGregor's performance in the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Now, look what they've done with Prey. It is yeah. arguably the best Predator sequel movie, and maybe even the best Predator movie. Period. Yeah, Prey. I would say Prey is probably the best thing. Well, I'm trying to think here. I I may be uneducated in saying this, um, but I'm under the impression that Prey is the best non-Star Wars slash Marvel thing that Disney's put out in a long time. You know, I, I I can't really argue with that. I mean, it's nice to see that they're putting in some documentaries and starting to be, beef up the the National Geographic. And I love the fact that they're bringing in the ESPN thirty for thirties and some of those yep. sports docs. Um, and then of course they drop that trailer for uh, Cars, you know, road trip kind of thing or whatever it is. I, I'm not going to lie, like Cars in a short format is going to work really well for kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, you remember Mater's Tall Tales. This was, you know, much better than Cars 2, at least as far as critic response goes. Mm-hmm. Short format works well. Yep. And the fact that the, this kind of content, once it's done a run on Disney Plus, may end up on something like Disney Junior or, or one of those channels. Like, it just makes sense. Like, they are a content machine. And as much as people think that it's that it's basically soiled the waters for anyone else who wants to get into the game, tough luck. They fought through. 
I don't think that's I think true. Is, though. I no, I think that's a lazy man's. I'm not calling you lazy. I mean, the people who say that, I think that's a lazy man's answer. Because how long have we been saying on the microphone here that like it's? I'm just using this as an example, like um, Marvel versus DC, and we're like, mm-hmm. well, you know, DC will never be able to do what Marvel does, and I'm like, good. Do something different. I thought they had something different with Zack Snyder's universe. Go darker. Mm-hmm. Go grittier. Do something different. Stop trying to do what everyone else is doing. Do your own shit. Like, stop trying to mimic what everyone's doing. Make some original content, and if people take a liking to it... Like, how many places do you see that are trying to copy Stranger Things right now? Nothing. Right. Because they know they can't do it. Stranger Things is an original content that is absolutely incredible and has gripped a fan base. Why on earth would anyone copy it? Like Money Heist, like I'm just listing off a bunch of Netflix things right now. These are their slam dunks. Squid Games, when that came out, you're like, I've never seen anything like this. Now, we don't watch much Korean TV here, the mainstream North America um, uh, TV consumer. But this is what I'm saying. Let Marvel do Marvel and try to make something original. I think but that's what you're I I think that it, it is to a point, uh, but Netflix is even having their own battles right now. Like they're pumping a ton of stuff into um, the anime crowd. I was gonna, like, I was just about to say anime because I noticed that they're doing that. Is they're grabbing IP, but for short form anime stories. But, so, uh, but I mean, Netflix needs to figure out you know what what their end game of this is like because mm. because they had the Marvel universe and they had a lot of really good properties and then they really kind of skewed towards the anime stuff and, and I don't know if it's because they realized that they had a bunch of people coming over for anime I mean let's be honest anime fans are are vast and 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 rabid for more new content yeah. and I think what I think what Netflix did with you know something like Castlevania is really really cool mm-hmm. but I mean who who are you going up against? Like that's that's the big thing. Netflix was the streaming giant bar none years ago. It's not now. This is the streaming wars. Who is your who is your major competition? Do you want to be better than Crunchyroll, or do you want to be better than Disney Plus? And yeah. I think Netflix has to sit there and say, who are we going up against? Who's going to bring us more viewers and subscribers? Who's going to bring those subscribers back? That's the thing. Because yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. Aside from maybe something like Cowboy Bebop, I couldn't really care about anime. Okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't not watch it, but it's not my cup of tea, okay. right? Okay. And I'm sure there are a bunch of people out there who are like the like everything is anime. Everything is now, uh, you know, playing to that audience, which is fine. But yeah, they've they've animated a lot of their content now. Like I remember there was a Pacific Rim, The Black. Uh, series that I, I watched in its entirety. I don't know if they're doing a season three, um, but it, it was pretty good. Um, it's a very good series, actually. It was very good. And then they did, I saw on my new to Netflix, or it was popular on Netflix, I think that Ultraman show. I tried it a little bit. I couldn't really get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've had they've had other adaptations where I think they're doing the right thing, personally. Um, I know that they, they, it wasn't long ago that we were reporting that they, their numbers were... Um, pretty low to their standards, but then I think Stranger Things came in and kind of changed that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was just just before Stranger Things that they were reporting all time low numbers, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> wait up, okay?" Because I'm going to be on your streaming site like crazy watching Stranger Things <laughs> over and over again. Um, but yeah, I, I want to have one more thought on Ironheart before we move on. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if you remember correctly, that is how we started our conversation here was talking about these iron hard photos. Oh, oh, we 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 veered way over to the other side there. We crossed the Atlantic. We uh, we definitely (laughs) we definitely took a plane from that topic. Um, But what I'm noticing here. So I've seen concept art of what she's supposedly going to look like in Black Panther because they are soft booting her in Black Panther. Mm -hmm. This suit is interesting to me. It looks like a quarter blend of Tony Stark's Infinity War suit. I see I see glimpses of it. I see that hot rod red and I see in the faceplate I see that design from Infinity War. I see one quarter Iron Patriot on the left arm and I think a little bit on the right arm. I see War Machine and I see maybe some Wakandan stuff in there. Maybe she's going to get some some leftovers from Shuri. Um, Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, another thing I didn't notice as well until just now is that uh, I think the suit is giving her another foot, foot and a half of height. If you see, her foot is actually on top of the suit's foot and she has like an extra plate that comes down to cover her her foot, which is it's interesting to me because I feel like to this point, it's the Iron Man suits always just fit. But if you're going to make somebody look intimidating, obviously, like, Ironheart in the comics has a very slim-fitting suit, so I think she'll get that eventually. Maybe, I mean, the way Disney Plus shows go, she'll get it in her finale, and then they'll change her look in the next piece of IP that she's in. That's just how it's been. I don't know why they, mm-hmm. they feel the need to do that. Like, they, they just did that. They just showed concept art for Miss Marvel in the Marvels. And I'm like, why did they change her outfit again? She just got it in the finale, and she looks fantastic. What, like, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> Well, I'm I'm sure there are there are you know things will change from the concept art to what we see on screen. But the other thing too, I wonder is given that they're they're slightly altering um, the way Ironheart comes about her technology. I wonder if because I noticed that things are very silver, so I wonder if her suit is going to be made of vibranium. I don't know if that's. I mean, we just had this conversation about uh, She-Hulk last week where I was like, oh, I don't think uh, I don't think Titania poses much of a threat because, you know, the Hulks have had impenetrable skin and all that. Like and with the hood, well, he's kind of a magical character. I guess you could make it vibranium. Yeah, the the combat sets gonna be very different, right? Like, yeah. if she's just going up against the hand and some guy in a in a cape and cowl kind of thing, my brain even seems yeah. a little overpowered. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to technology versus magic, especially when you consider what we just went through with multiverse of madness, like it, there's yeah. there's a lot of magic being tossed into this. Not to mention the fact that we still have chaos magic and yeah. uh, Agatha, the Coven of Chaos. So you can almost see the line being drawn on, on a very magical side. So I, I would say with expect her season to feel like Iron Man one, where he was trying to figure out how to miniaturize the arc reactor. And then he did. And then he was trying to figure out how to incorporate that technology to the exosuit that or not exosuit, the uh, high tech prosthesis. That's what he called it in Iron Man 2 um, to the Iron Man suit. He was trying to apply that technology to help power his Iron Man suit. And there were some bugs, right? Like in the mm-hmm. final fight, it was draining way too much power. So I'm thinking if it's vibranium, it, she might have a power source issue only because she is missing that iconic heart in the middle of her yeah. iron heart armor. So I'm thinking maybe her final look will have that heart in the middle of it and she will have fixed said power source issue. 
That's that's just my guess, by the way. I know nothing, Jon Snow. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do wonder though, because I mean there is still you know an arc reactor out there, just kind of on the water that that you know proof that Tony Stark had a heart from Endgame. So I mean, who knows? No, if you maybe. touch that, you should be charged with the same thing as uh, Gravediggers. Do not touch that arc reactor, and I guarantee there's no power left in it. Like, no, no, yeah. it's there's got to be nothing left in that thing, man. Like, no, that that's the one from the roof, right? When open or when um, what's her name? Pe- uh, Pepper Potts. I was about to call her Penny. Pepper Potts uh, overloaded the uh, the reactor. And Tony seemingly died on the roof. Okay, isn't that that's no no? It would be. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the one he had removed. At, I guess at the end of Iron Man three, this was his. Uh, no, no, this was yeah because he had to break the glass in order to use that arc reactor. Mm-hmm. Or that that uh, I don't know. It's it gets confusing. <laughs> I think I'm right, but also I keep second guessing myself because there's so many different iterations and he keeps innovating in every movie. And not that it gets confusing. But when you keep innovating, where does he put the garbage? So it could be any number of, of arc reactors, to be honest. You just get the same inscription on, like, Pepper takes it back to the same guy and says, hey, it's a similar arc reactor. Just, you know, get it written on it. <laughs> get going. Right. Um, yeah. Next week, however, we got brand new Marvel content to talk about because She-Hulk, attorney at law. Oh, Why? Why? <laughs> Every week. Don't you hear that Every for the next week. nine weeks? Are you kidding me? Oh, Yeah. Until you acknowledge that the best comic book lawyer is Harvey Birdman, no. I thought you were going to say Harvey Specter for a second there. No, no, Harvey Birdman, <laughs> no. Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. Oh. Um, that drops next week. And we, there is a quite a list of people that are going to be showing up in this. We know Mark Ruffalo's in there. We know Tim Roth is in there. We know we're going to get Wong. We're going to get Matt Murdock. We've got Titania. Um, we've got, you know, Frogman, because he's in the damn trailer. We suspect that we're going to have the Wrecking Crew, but they've been teasing the idea of like a of a very almost episodic style comedic law show, um, that leads to the idea that there could be more cameos. I'm just curious what they're holding back, and if this is going to be almost a superhero supervillain of the week thing. Yeah, uh, well, nine episodes, so this will now go down as the, it'll be tied for the longest MCU Disney Plus show with WandaVision. Mm-hmm. But WandaVision originally was supposed to have ten, um, but yeah, they're so they're going to have nine episodes of this, and I am very excited if it stays the same format. If it's like WandaVision where it's kind of sitcom-y and it's, they're all like 25-minute episodes, eh, okay. But it doesn't come across as sitcom-y. Um, no. and, and my buddy reminded me as well that in the comic, She-Hulk broke the fourth wall before Deadpool did. So if Deadpool makes a joke about her copying him, his shtick, um, that better not pertain to the comics because uh, she has a beat there. I wonder, is this the perfect vehicle for Ryan Reynolds to make an MCU debut? post credit scene at most. I, I thought you were going to ask me this. post credit scene at most. Really? At the end of the show, maybe it's something like she's talking to camera and then the camera pans over and Deadpool's addressing a different camera. And they're <laughs> they're both just talking. That would actually be pretty funny. I I I'd, I'd enjoy that. I don't It'd know. Be, it would I mean it it does make sense that if Ryan Reynolds is going if if he's if Deadpool's going to make an appearance before a Deadpool 3 film which we might get announced. 
um, at D23 uh, as one of the wholesalers of Phase 6, especially since there was an Instagram post of him showing that he's back in training, you know, Always. clearly for superhero no, training, it's, right? It's, no, 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 no. I'm not putting any gravity to it because it's like every five, six months, Ryan Reynolds puts something on Inst- or Instagram, Twitter, something, either him or the Deadpool account. And it's always like, hey, remember, we're still around. Like, it's just that's what they're doing. That's that's all they're doing. They're reminding the fans that, hey, we're still a possibility. Like, how, how many times has he has that picture of him standing in front of the Marvel Studios logo at, at HQ? How, how many times has that picture circulated your feed? Like, it, it's, it's their way of getting that name and still keeping it out there because it's not dead IP. Like, it's not like after X-Men Dark Phoenix where nobody wanted to talk about it because it was kind of done. Like, you're like, OK, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was, and that was like, it, that's the thing. You want to talk about shelf life for a movie? If there's no movie after, that means your movie better be darn good. Like, uh, like a Logan, right? You knew right. there wasn't going to be a sequel, but that movie was so good. And James Mangle killed it that it was talked about for quite a while as like one of the top Marvel superhero movies of all time. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just there are there are a number of characters that could pop up. So I was going to do because obviously we don't know anything and we have said that on countless shows. We don't know Jack Squad, but we like to speculate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to throw a couple of characters here. Yay or nay, do you think they make a cameo in She-Hulk over the nine episodes? OK. okay. Kamala Khan. No. OK. Do you want me to give a reason or just a yes, no? Are we quick fire? Uh, just a, a yes, no, unless you've got like a, a reason ready to go. Okay, I'm going to say okay. no only because uh, Amon Vellani is the worst secret keeper and she's been doing a ton of press for Miss Marvel. She wouldn't have had time to film this. Okay. Um, Moon Knight. Either either Steven or, uh, or Mark Spector. I'm going to say no. Yeah, and I don't have a good reason for it. I'm just going to say no. I don't think this is the right property to see Oscar Isaac in again. Okay, okay. Loki. Either Loki. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, No, there's just, there's no organic way that you can have those characters in without people raising questions. Okay, okay. We saw that there is... A couple of different, like very obscure kind of daredevil uh, villains that look like they're in some kind of, um, you know, um, uh, support group kind of thing. Um, so I wonder if this is a possibility where we could get a Squirrel Girl. Again, no, I don't. I don't think so. But I think I think the best thing to tell fans, in my opinion, at least, going into a show like this is compile a list of like 10 to 15 heroes that you want to see that haven't gotten to the screen yet. Big screen, small screen, doesn't matter. That aren't in the universe yet. Mm -hmm. And maybe that they've been rumored in the last little bit to have been casted or whatever, or maybe something that just comes completely out of left field. And figure out what their alter ego is. What's their actual human name? And then listen for anyone who has a different first name and a similar last name. And then they speak about a sibling or a cousin. I would say that's probably your best bet to get Easter eggs. Because I'm looking down this cast right now. And I'm like, okay, the first episode's going to be pretty Bruce Banner centered with Jennifer Walters. Then you're going to have Abomination sprinkled in there. I'm thinking he is probably the center of her law drama. Then you have Jamila Jamil that has been named as the... 
like the season's overarching villain, but I think she's going to be more of a pest. I think that's a misdirect personally. And we know we're mm. seeing Matt Murdock Daredevil. We know we're seeing Benedict Wong come back as Wong. And Ginger Gonzaga is going to help uh, as Nikki Ramos. She's going to help uh, Jennifer Walters with her dating life. I just think there's a lot already in this show that having more cameos is just... I, I think a Deadpool cameo is is likely. Um, I I think I think more likely than everyone that you've listed, I think it's more likely that Scar is in this. Okay, possibly. I think that's, that's the most likely of people we haven't seen. I'm going to throw one more at you here. Yep. Jessica Jones. Yep, I think, yep, for sure. In a law show, she's a private investigator. That makes sense to me. Um, yeah, that that's that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I agree. And here's the last bit of speculation, because from what we've seen so far in the trailer, there's almost like this, you know, Hulk almost wants Jennifer to be a superhero, but she, she just wants to have a normal life kind of thing. Plus, she also has to defend Abomination. So I just wonder if this is Marvel's chance to get Hulk mad again. I, I, I called it last week. I said, listen, I want episode eight, nine, episode eight. I want Bruce to lose his shit. I want, I want to get borderline world breaker Hulk. And I want Jennifer Walters to be like, oh my God, everyone I've fought or seen in court at this point has been completely inferior to me. But my cousin, like an Avenger, and he's off the rails. Somebody has to stop him. Mm-hmm. That that makes sense to me on a narrative standpoint. And then you're also giving the fans because all I'm hearing about in the last week, Wes, and I apologize if I'm a broken record right now, but all I'm hearing about in the last week is people bitching about the direction of the narrative for the Hulk character and how he's kind of become a bit of a bitch. <laughs> Lack of better term, he's kind of become a bit of a bitch. Um, like, uh, yeah, anyway, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to knock things. Like I know last episode, uh, la- yeah, last week you and I spent a lot of time bashing DC. They earned it. Marvel's done a lot of good stuff. They haven't done the Hulk justice yet. And I'm thinking this is their opportunity to do it. Cause how do you, how do you give She-Hulk an actual adversary? Like you give it Titania. It, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You let her, let her, let her have that six episode arc and then seven, eight, nine, Let's see maybe Bruce lose his ish a little bit. Maybe he brags a little too much about, yeah, you know, I put the brains and the brawn together and it was a perfect thing and, you know, we're happier than ever. Like, no marriage is ever super happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, one last potential cameo. Okay. Liv Tyler. Oh, I was not expecting you to ask me that. Um... (laughs) You got Emil Blonsky. We can't get William Hurt back. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like Betty Ross. It makes right? sense. She's still out there. Oh, you know, you know what would be really interesting is if she got if she decided to do a different career and she was like a paralegal at Jennifer Walters' firm. That would be a cool little thing. I don't know, but quite, th- quite possibly, especially because, you know, she has familiarity with dealing with Emil Blonsky. Yes. Uh, I, I wonder if they could bring back the leader because he's or, the one or even as a witness. Studying. I could see yeah. I could see them bringing in Betty Ross as a witness. Yeah. 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 And and I think typically speaking after actors uh pass on, I think for nostalgic purposes, they will maybe it actually Liv Tyler's looking 
more and more promising, more and more likely in my eyes mm-hmm. that, that she's making a cameo. But again, it's 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 something they probably kept super under wraps because I, I haven't heard anything about her. Well, I mean, if if they happen to put this superhero, divi- you know, law division, perhaps in the Thaddeus Ross Memorial building, then it would make sense too for Betty Ross to be there at the at the unveiling of it. It would it'd be very very cool if they do that. Plus, it would be a nice tribute to William Hurt as well. And that's yeah, that's the other thing. Like, what's going to be the property? What's going to be the IP that mentions that? Thunderbolt Ross has passed away. Yeah, I think this might be the one. And if this is the one, and the you know the the Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross Memorial Building might also play as the headquarters of the eventual, you know, already announced Thunderbolts. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, you already you already have Abomination there, and we pretty much all agree that Abomination is going to be a member of the Thunderbolts. So there's a possibility. Yeah, abomination. Possibility. In in the comics and in all of the animated shows, no matter how childish some of them are, Abomination has always had his ish together in the um, joint union between the monster and the host, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. Um, he's always had a better relationship between the monster than than Bruce has. Bruce is always kind of. It, I think they described it in Ang Lee's movie that it was like an explosion that he was just going to direct at his at his enemy. Was it Ang Lee? Yeah, it was Ang Lee's movie. Um, yeah, where he was just going to direct the weapon at his enemy and see what yeah. happens. And then it always ended up going out of control and all that stuff. Right. That's that's what the Hulk should be. Hulk. The Hulk shouldn't be a quippy like the Professor Hulk thing. It's great. But, you know, and and, and Bruce starts off because they showed the clip from uh, from the first uh, episode where they're in the car and they're just shooting the shit. They're just talking. And then the, the, I'm not going to spoil it for you, Wiss, because <laughs> you haven't seen it yet. But a car rolls off the side of the uh, uh, of the hill and, you know, something happens. But they're they're shooting the shit and Bruce is in he's in Bruce form. He's not in Professor Hulk form. So he's able to switch back to Bruce. But mm-hmm. he's he's basically still Bruce in Hulk's body. How is that a fair deal for Hulk, first of all? Where Hulk was bitching for two movies about, you know, oh, you only ever use me. You only ever, you know, do this. And he's basically never letting Hulk out now. Like, how is that any different from the Ragnarok story? You're just switching. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a double standard with Bruce right now. So maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe Hulk will lose his ish. And because he hasn't been able to use his body, maybe that's what will cause World War Hulk or something. Or Warbreaker Hulk. Well, there's the thing too, right? If Abomination is working with Wong and being, def- you know, defended, you know, at least being portrayed as being defended by Jennifer Walters on TV, kind of thing, Hulk's going to see Abomination. Hulk's going to lose his ish. Hulk's going to start to take over, and we're going to get angry Hulk again, which is good. I mean, the thing with Bruce Banner though is like we knew he could go back to Banner because we saw Banner at the end of Shang Chi albeit in hologram form but we saw him there uh talking yep. with wong and talking with uh with uh, carol danvers there so you know it, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do that's gonna be dropping by the way um they're pushing that to thursdays so 
depending on when we record our shows for the following couple of weeks, uh, we'll determine whether we're a week behind or right on, but we will be covering She-Hulk as it comes out. We're going to step away for a quick little second, but when we come back, we got plans and fancy pants to match because we're going to be talking the future of DC. You've heard it all before. Waste of film. Dumpster fire. How did this even get Train made? Rack. Total garbage. Utterly painful. Worst film ever. But is it really? The show is called It's Not That Bad, and we dare to look at the lowest rated shows and movies and see only the good things. We're looking for A grades and B movies. It's Not That Bad. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Just Another Nerd Show. We, I, I'm not even going to bury it, Wes. I'm so excited. We've been planning this <laughs> for the whole week because you, you originally you came to me and you were like, you know what? I'm worried about this week. Could be a little slower. I was like, well, we have I Am Groot. And you're like, yeah, it could be a slow week. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we proposed the idea of, well, listen, the DC universe is in shambles. We don't know what's happening with the Flash movie. Um, I sent you something today. I don't know if you read it, but there's basically three options. There's one where Ezra Miller goes on an apology tour. Um, there's two where they recast uh, the Flash after the Flash movie. So they just released the movie and then they recast after. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's a third option that they shelf it entirely. And that will go completely with their plan right now as they've shelved, what, like six, seven projects now? Some that were near completion and some that hadn't even taken off the ground yet. Yeah, like I, I took a you know deep dive into kind of what, you know where a lot of these projects stood. I mean, we can I think we can safely say that Black Adam and Shazam two are probably safe. You know, it's a, it's a little too late, and they actually promoted those at uh, at uh, San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. The Harley Quinn animated series it does well enough for what, exactly what it is, and there's been rumors that a fourth season is going to get greenlit. Uh, there's a lot of star power behind it too, uh, as far as Kaylee Cuco goes. So. Um, I think that is safe. Joker 2, they're, they seem to be going full full bore ahead with the musical. Why? I have no clue, but apparently they are. Yeah. Uh, and Aqu- Aquaman 2, the, I don't think they would have released you know, the, the rumor that Batman was going to show up in Aquaman 2 if they were going to shelf it. So that those five properties seem safe to me. We're either out or shelved. Okay, or canceled already. Batgirl, we unfortunately know about. Wonder Twins, uh, you know, there was failure to launch on that one. Uh, It was announced that Strange Adventures, which was basically going to be a DC anthology series based on the comic anthology series, is no. Supergirl, Sasha Cahill. Oh, unfortunately. I thought you were talking about the TV show, the CW show. That one's gone too. No, the Supergirl TV, uh, movie that they were yeah. planning on with Sasha Kale, uh, that seems to be going now, nowhere as that well. One, that one I'm particularly bum-heard about because out mm-hmm. of everything to come out of that Flash movie, yes, people were excited for Keaton. People were excited for, oh, before all this ish happened, uh, Ezra right. Miller's portrayal of both the hero and the villain. I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. But there were a lot of people that were like, yo, you got to check out this new Supergirl. She's amazing. And then they just scrapped her movie like it's if you're not familiar with the situation, folks, this Supergirl was going to be absolutely amazing and it was much needed. Go on with 
uh, new gods and Gotham City Sirens. We we were pretty much knew that they were going to be gone as well. Yeah. Uh, still apparently in development. Well, we know the Batman two is going to come out because the first Batman did very very well. Uh, Black Canary movie apparently still in development, and there's a rumor that the Green Lantern Corps TV series um, is still in development. So that's going to get scrapped. Remain- <sighs> that's going to get that's one hundred percent going to get scrapped. You know why? Because there's a lot of animation with the Green Lantern character, even if you don't animate the suits. There's a lot of animation with his thing. It's going to be a mm-hmm. big budget. And I can tell you right now, Warner Discovery is going to look at that bill and be like, yeah, I'm not paying that. <laughs> yeah, no and no. Uh, and then there's the ones we're unsure about. Uh, Wonder Woman 3. As as bright a light as Gal Gadot was in the DCEU, and I think we can all agree that she, you know, initially people were like, really? Her is Wonder Woman? Then now it's like, okay, yes, her is Wonder Woman. But let's let's call it what it is. Wonder Woman 1984 sucked. It was bad. Ass. That was such a bad movie, and it's a shame because they built arguably the best DC EU movie in the first Wonder Woman film, and then shat on all the good fortune that they had earned. By putting out Wonder Woman 84. It's unfortunate because Gal Gadot, I think, is a phenomenal Wonder Woman. Um, I don't I don't think that has anything to do with the studio, by the way, Wiss. I've heard I've heard rumors that it's it's Patty Jenkins ship. If she wants to come back for Wonder Woman 3, Gal Gadot will follow and they will write a script. Like they will they will do it. It's up to Patty Jenkins. Mm. Static Shock, Lobo, Blue Beetle. Oh. Like that one I'm biting my nails about. Oh yeah, because they're they're not that far into it yet. So I mean, there's some money spent already, but I guess the question is, you know, how much does the story connect to the rest of the DCEU? And of course, the 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 Flash. Yeah. If they're if they're not going to do the Supergirl movie, then it makes sense that the Flash film is going to get shelved. Like this is well, the two movies that were going to branch off from seemingly from that story were Batgirl and Supergirl. Yeah, and yeah. it's it just makes sense. Like, if you're not going to do those two, then why bother putting out the Flash? Like, I'm sorry, and this may sound extraordinarily insensitive, but I kind of have to call this like I see it. I fear that there's going to come a day where you know CNN has to put out breaking news that something tragic has happened to uh, Ezra Miller. And there's no, there's there's no future, for obvious reasons. I, it, this is how it feels like it's going to play out. I can't tell that whether that's a hot take or whether you know that's just the realistic thing to say now. Like he's got I, no point. I, I, what what was the latest thing he walk? He he says he goes around the U.S. to different places with a bulletproof vest and a gun. That's the latest report that I heard. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. That that is like I. I I don't think I'm I'm far off, but I I and I hope I'm really wrong with this. I really do. I really hope that Ezra Miller could find the help that they need. But I'm afraid that this is going to end up with him at, at best arrested, yeah, and at worst gone. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's no other way to say it. No, he seems they seem to be. You know, almost courting an unfortunate end. 
So, okay. They seem, so, they seem to be taunting with, with these comments of like, yeah, I walk around with a bulletproof vest and a gun. What are you, what are you trying to do? I don't know. That's, this is not good. This is not going to end well. Yeah. And the fact that DC, you know, for, for whatever financial, budgetary, tax cut reasons that Warner Brothers Discovery has canceled and shelved Batgirl and is hedging on everything. And I get, if you want to do a fresh start, do a fresh start. Uh-huh. But don't hum and ha. Don't hum and ha over something that lives are in balance here. And I don't think that's that's really a stretch to say. I, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking after hearing you speak about that, I'm thinking the Flash is probably done. I think it's out. It's just a matter of time. I don't know what DC's waiting for with that. I don't know what they're hoping for. Maybe they're hoping that he's able to prove his innocence, but he won't be able to before the movie comes out. So that that's going to be on a shelf like forever, that movie. It's gone too far. Yeah. yeah. He really has. And if they cared at all about Ezra Miller, they would be taking the, their opportunity to go on TV and say, look, we want to help you. Mm-hmm. But they haven't. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. I it, Yeah. It's, it's, it's past the point of return right now. Um, it is. But, but you mentioned uh, in your little spiel there, you mentioned that, listen, if DC wants, and it looks like they're heading that way, they can do a full-blown reset. They're already canceling mm-hmm. enough projects. If you want to stick with uh, Zach Levi and Dwayne Johnson as Shazam and Black Adam, respectively, that's fine. Because they're yep. still relatively new franchises. Those two are not old by any means. And their movies may still be well received. There's also not enough continuative, continu- continuing tissue between the Zack Snyder universe and these movies that you can't simply say it's on a different earth. There's, yeah. there's not too much damage that can't be undone already in regards to that. So yes, having absolutely. said that... We came up with our own DC roadmaps this week. And Wiss, I'd like you to kick things off because I actually like, I'm in love with the the, the idea for the first movie that you have on your list. Um, mm-hmm. But fans, I'll say right now, if you're listening to this, um, we will be posting these on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. And if you want, if it gets confusing at any point, because we are talking about multiple movie and I'm going to be talking about TV show properties, um, if you want, we have roadmaps that actually are like pictures. They're actual things you can look at on Twitter if you want to follow along with us right now. So it'll be at another nerd show on Twitter. We'll have Wiss's roadmap up and we'll have my roadmap up. But Wiss, let's start with your roadmap. Why did you choose what you chose and where are we going with this? You take the, take okay. the mic. So... The, I'll, I'll I'll address the the difference between yours and mine right off the bat, um, based on Warner Brothers Discovery's um, uh, reasoning for canceling uh, Batgirl, in that they wanted to make large cinematic experiences. I have ignored HBO Max in this. So what I have put together is a six film arc that would cover, uh, in essence, phase one of this future 10 year plan. Um, and I like the fact that you mentioned that it could happen on a different earth because that would also explain why Robert Pattinson is still my Batman in this um, because I thought he was great. Uh, so I think this is where they build off of the Batman. And uh, this case, I think they're going to or I would like to see them pull uh, some storyline from the Batman Prey 
Uh, this is a storyline that had Hugo Strange uh, trying to influence public opinion against the Batman. So this is where he has to basically fight to keep his own, you know, to we saw that in the first the Batman in that there was a, almost like a fragile truce, I guess, between Batman and the police. And by the end of the film, it was a much more uh, copacetic situation where he was they were happy for his help. But this is where Hugo Strange could really mess with things in Batman Prey. And I think part of it, too, will also be through articles in the paper from the Daily Planet with bylines by Lois Lane. Uh, So we don't need to see Lois Lane. We don't need to see Metropolis. But I'm sure they still read the Daily Planet in Gotham. So the Batman Prey, it's a, it's still a bit of a grounded story, uh, which I think the Batman did very well with their first outing. And it pulled up from that year one. So I think the Prey works well in that, you know, Batman in his younger career. That would be the first film, because I think the Batman basically two, if you will, is a great way to continue that story. And that way they can sit there and say, OK, we've already soft launched the DCEU take two, if you will, um, with the Batman. This is the earth that we're on. That being said, the second film in my phase one of this is a Superman film. And it takes from a couple of different things here. Um, Primarily from a book written by Kevin J. Anderson called Enemies and Allies, which featured both Superman and Batman. The whole premise is this. And it pulls a little bit from Superman Earth One as well, that comic book arc, in that the U.S. military gets their hands on the fragments of the spaceship. Zero origin story here, okay? Clark Kent is already on Earth. Yeah, to be fair, we don't need another origin story, so thank you. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. We're going to Tom Holland this and just, you know, know you know the story. You already know the story. We don't need to redo the story, okay? Uh, So Clark Kent is already working for the Daily Planet, but he's young in his career at the planet, okay? But the U.S. military discovers the ship that he came in on, or at least fragments of. Those fragments go to LexCorp. So. Would you, by the way, question for you. If if you like, it's not Henry Cavill. If you had to reboot Superman, would you go Zor El? Would you go with a black Superman? Uh, I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against it. it to be completely honest. Because I'm thinking maybe they take a break from the cyborg character. But I, I'm not a. I'm not completely opposed to a black Superman. I I really like that actually because the the Justice League is pretty white. Other than cyborg, it's pretty right. white. Let's <laughs> be honest. So yeah, I I, I don't mind that. Okay, so um, going on. So basically, Superman tries to break into LexCorp to get the you know the, the the pieces of his ship, but at the same time, Batman also is curious as to what LexCorp is going to do with this alien technology. Um, the the book that Kevin J. Anderson wrote is a very very good book, and it was set in more of a. I think at the time it was it was set more like a 50s, 60s era kind of Superman and Batman. So it makes sense that this is younger in their career as well. And this is where they start to work together. But you still see how they are diametrically opposed in the way that they do things. The key thing with this Superman as well is that the post credit scene of this Superman film would be Lex Luthor announcing that he is running for president. Ooh, I like that. This this is the arc. By the way, Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci is Lex Luthor. I'm I'm just stamping this Ooh. right now. Stanley Tucci is my Lex Luthor. When, when he's not um, putting up YouTube videos of him painting his house for the seventeenth time. Have you seen those? Exactly. The other key thing about this though is that 
as they are basically raiding LexCorp, okay, they also discover Martian Manhunter. Ooh, okay. LexCorp is basically, and this kind of falls off to the very first three-part arc episode of the Justice League cartoon series in how Martian Manhunter was basically finding a way to communicate with Superman in order to be able to get him to free Martian Manhunter from the U.S. Army's um, uh, clutches, if you will. Right. Uh, so it makes sense that LexCorp is studying alien technology, but at the end, with all the all the the uh, the attention that's being brought on to to them um, as far as Superman and Batman goes, that's where Lex Luthor launches his platform to run for president. Third film, slightly separate from everything that's gone on so far because it's been very Batman Superman heavy, which is what they've been doing. Okay, and that's that's what Warner Brothers has said they're coming out. They want to focus more on the Trinity, right? Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and I'm totally fine with uh, with Gal Gadot staying as Wonder Woman. But my third movie is a Flash movie, and it pulls from the Wonderland uh, uh, comic book arc, which would allow us to introduce Mirror Master, because I think Mirror Master would be a very, very cool villain in uh, a, a revamped DCEU. And in a bigger budget, too, because they did they did uh, Mirror Master on the TV show. Oh, man, mm-hmm. that was not good. That was not good. <laughs> no, but you could do a good Mirror Master. Absolutely. But here's here's the catch, though. Not Barry Allen. Ooh, you want uh Wally. I want a Wally West Ooh, Flash. I like that it. will be that will allow them to be able to pull away from the the, right. the, the exactly. Yeah. Like let's just call it the pull away from yeah. the drama that that, that is yeah. Ezra Miller. He's, he's kind of stained um, that IP. I understand you wanting to get away from that name for sure. Exactly. Yeah. But if you have a Wally West um, era Flash, then then that's fine too, um, and it allows you to be able to work with a, a bit of a younger cast. But that's okay. Um, so there's that. Movie number four is Public Enemies. And if you are a fan of the DC animated universe, yep. Superman, Batman, Public Enemies was a very, very, very cool um, uh, movie as it was. <clears throat> Here's the premise. Lex Luthor has become president at this point and has basically said, OK, so superheroes are going to register with us. I know I get Sokovia Accords, but whatever. It, it was also in the comic books, too. Um, and if you if you register with us, then great. But if you don't, you are a vigilante, if you will, mm. you know, because Superman is still kind of reeling from Lex Luthor trying to figure out, you know, the the, the whole Krypton thing and all that and the, the ship. So he's not going to work with Lex Luthor, even if he's the president. And Batman just doesn't want to work with anybody. But they work together in uh, the Superman film. So that's OK. So basically, you have a lot of these, you know, they basically put a bounty on Superman and Batman because they are the most prevalent caped costume heroes so you have a lot of these you know villains and you can you you could throw a lot of people you can basically turn it into not necessarily the purge but basically put a bounty on these two and say okay you bring them in billions of dollars now okay question for you can i just jump in here you're so you start your universe with batman prey yes with robert pattinson yes now your superman movie where you introduce a Batman, is yes. that Robert Pattinson or is that a different Earth Batman? We are sticking with one Batman. It is Robert Pattinson all the way. So this, the this public is enemies, we're on number four in your in your roadmap. Mm-hmm. 
This is Robert Pattinson's, this would be his fifth movie if the Batman sequel comes out before your roadmap. Wow. In, in my roadmap, the Batman sequel is Batman Prey. Oh, so okay. it would only be okay. his fourth outing yep, yep. as Batman. I I, I, but, yep, I like that. Okay, go on. Yeah. So Public Enemies, it basically focuses on trying to get like this is this is what Hugo Strange tried to do in Prey, but Lex Luthor has used the U.S. government. Now here's the catch with Public Enemies. Obviously, it doesn't work. Uh, they can't basically do that. So the the end of the movie starts with the the, the creation of the Department of Metahuman Affairs, mm. which in the comic books had one Diana Prince working for them. Mm. So this is how we bring Wonder Woman into this. Um, so Public Enemies, <laughs> basically it has Wonder Woman introduced as part of the Department of Public Affairs. Movie number five is called Blackest Night. Love it. This is how we get, you know, now it's, I know Blackest Night is a Green Lantern property. Um, and that this is where Necron comes into play. So Necron and, and like we, we introduce Green Lantern, that kind of stuff. I think this is going to be the Jon Stewart Green Lantern at this point. Um, so we do have a bit more diversity in Justice League, like you mentioned earlier. Necron reanimates Solomon Grundy. And this isn't, by the way, that isn't diversity for the sake of diversity. It's just that a room full of white guys in today's age. Yeah, it, look, it looks a little... <laughs> It doesn't look great. Um, exactly. Especially because you haven't exactly. even mentioned Cyborg yet. So you might want to have uh, a black guy or two in the room. Yeah. And I'm, I I love the idea of a Jon Stewart. Like, I, I think the Justice League and even Justice League Unlimited, uh, you know, animated series really did justice to the, the, the comic book arcs. Mm-hmm. So Blackest Night would allow us to be able to have the villains or the heroes have to come together to fight a Solomon Grundy. And it's because of Necron, and that would introduce Green Lantern into the uh, into the thing. And this is where, after they defeat Solomon Grundy, um, Wonder Woman, who was with the Department of, of uh, Metahuman Affairs, basically proposes that they they evolve the department into the Justice League. Okay. okay. Um, at the, at this point, too, Lex Luthor still the president, right? Mm-hmm. But this department is is kind of changing underneath him. This leads us to our tentpole film of phase one, which is Justice League. Nice. But it takes from the angle of Throne of Atlantis. Ooh, okay. I like that storyline. So Orm basically attacks the surface world. And I get that this may draw comparisons to uh, Wakanda Forever, but let's be honest, Throne of Atlantis. (laughs) Well, exactly, right? But, But... you know, this is where Orm actually attacks the surface world. So the Justice League has to battle together to defeat Orm. This is how we meet our Aquaman. Um, I don't think this is going to be Jason Momoa. I'm sorry. I just don't think it is. But I would be happy if it was Kaldar. Hmm. If Aqualad has already taken over the mantle of Aquaman, I'd be happy with Kaldar as our Aquaman. Hmm. So if you're going to have... You know, uh, a typical Clark Kent Superman. You also now have John Stewart and Kaldar on the team. Okay. Okay. So that is your phase one. It. So go over it again. Speed run it again. You got Batman Prey. 
Batman Prey, Superman um, that takes from both Earth One as well as the Kevin J. Anderson book uh, Enemies and Allies. You have Flash Wonderland, uh, Public Enemies, Blackest Night, and Justice League. Nice. Um, Justice League, basically Throne of Atlantis, if you will, but mm. it's basically Justice League at this point. Um, that is your tentpole phase one. At no point do I want to see Darkseid in this. Interesting. Okay. It's too Thanos, right? Okay. I love I love what they did with the DC animated universe, and I and I think they can pull a lot from that that led up to Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. But that's don't don't throw Darkseid out right away. Bring us, keep us on Earth, keep us grounded at first, and then work your way up to that. If you want to work your way up to an apocalypse war kind of thing, but I think in Phase One, you're shooting your low too soon, and there are too many good. Whoa, arcs. whoa! This is a family <laughs> show, sir. My <laughs> God. <laughs> ah, just saying's all. All right. If it was a family show. If it was a family show, I couldn't say shit. Fuck goddamn hell. So there you go. That whole area. You're not editing this show, man. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what a douche. What right a right douche. now, my kids, my kids are gonna yell at me and go, "Daddy, you're swearing again." But yeah, I did. Oh, fuck it. My <laughs> okay so that is my phase one i'm really curious uh because you've got a lot of really cool properties on yours but go ahead what is the, well, the kev phase one i got one more question about your roadmap um you have six yes theatrical releases on your roadmap is that over two yes, years or three years that is over about two two and a half years because i want the the, the cgi to be good mm-hmm. like we've 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 heard enough from uh from marvel vfx artists um talking about how they're they're being forced to pump out let it breathe mm-hmm. let it breathe we don't need new content every week as much as we love it from marvel if you're just starting out start out slow mm-hmm. steady and make us anticipate for it make, make it anticipatory make it an event if you want if you want big cinematic events don't don't put everything out on multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Little bits here and there. Okay. Make make it popcorn worthy. Okay. Okay. Um. So you want to hear about mine? Okay. Well, now I, I got all the, all the anticipations building. I love it. Um. Mine actually. So okay. I'm gonna warn people right now. If you've switched pictures or if you've already looked at both of them, um, I got a lot more properties on mine. Mine is a five year plan. Um, okay. I'm I'm actually really believing in what Marvel used to do. I, and I, of course I'm comparing DC to Marvel because DC has seemingly not really had a roadmap until well ever. Um, so by us creating a roadmap, <laughs> we have to base it on something. And Marvel has literally made diagrams to bring to Comic-Con and say, Hey, this is our plan. It's not an investor meeting. They're just telling their fans, Hey, we have a plan. Bear with us. So this is what I'm basing it on. Okay. The first movie is going to be set on Mars. Ooh. And we've lost viewership. Uh, <laughs> the first movie will be called The Man from Mars. It'll be centered around the Martian Manhunter and the slaughter of his people, leaving John Jones to be the last of his kind. Sound familiar? That's right. They started the Zack Snyder universe with a Kryptonian being the last of his kind. But I think it's a lot easier, in my opinion, to have the Martian Manhunter start off my roadmap only because every post credit scene in all the future movies that are coming up are going to be so interesting 
because now that you have your Martian Manhunter casted, you have no idea if everyone in that movie that you just watched was John Jones or was actually that character. So the post credit scenes become infinitesimally more exciting. That's just my opinion. I think Martian Manhunter will be the person in my universe who not assembles the Justice League, but maybe asks enough people for help that he gets enough of them in a room together and somebody else has the idea that, hey, we should meet more often. So that's just my my thought, because I, I do think the first movie of a roadmap is very important. That's why Marvel threw two pieces of wet toilet paper at the wall in uh, Incredible Hulk and Iron Man and saw which one stuck. And we all know which one stuck. <laughs> um, so I go from The Man from Mars to Teen Titans Season 1. Now, let me also preface this with, of all these properties here, they're, most of them are not on the same Earth. Most of them do not share an Earth. And I will, I will, I'll, I'll explain after why that is. Teen Titans will be set on a different Earth, its own Earth. Um, then after that... Um, it'll be Superman, son of Krypton. I just love the name. There's no association with the comic book storyline. I just love the name. So that'll be another Superman origin story, but it'll be mostly Kryptonian. The movie will mostly be on Krypton rather than where in the first 20 minutes, Krypton blows up and he gets sent to Earth. No, that movie will mostly be set on Krypton And in the end, I want it to feel like a Star Wars movie. I want Krypton to feel like there was a like like a Cybertron war, like that kind of feel rather than, you know, yeah, there was a fight, whatever. Like Man of Steel, the beginning of Man of Steel was absolutely breathtaking. Incredible, incredible. Best Krypton scenes we've ever had. Um, But I want more of that. And I want more of a war. I want more of a conflict. I want us to uh, to really meet Jor-El and we re- I really want to, you know, draw that out. And I really I just <clears throat> I want more Krypton. And then at the end of the movie, they're going to send their son to Earth and maybe you'll see a second pod. Maybe. I haven't decided yet. Um, then after that, I'm going to do a Green Lantern core TV show. Uh, now mine was all contingent on like HBO max and whatnot, but green lantern core will be also on a different earth. So far, the only two that are on the same in the same universe are Superman and Martian Manhunter. Um, and the green lantern core TV show will be the origin for Sinestro. Um, and it will be the origin for my Hal Jordan. And it'll likely be, Similar, but without the big-headed Hector as the main villain, as uh, Ryan Reynolds' oh. movie. It, it, I'm going to basically take that movie and just fix it. Because it wasn't horrible. There were just elements to it that were awful and unforgiving. Like the villain. Like, Sinestro was incredible. The, the prospect mm-hmm. of that Sinestro with Mark Strong. Holy shit, give me more of that. Um, and I, I would even go hey, as far as to say I'd bring a kid show here. You're swearing. I would even. <laughs> hey, hey, you watch it, mister. Hey, language. Um, <laughs> and then after that Green Lantern TV show or maybe during it, I don't know how long it's going to run for. It's it's going to have a big CG budget, though, so it'll probably be like 10 episodes. Um, I'm going to go into Justice League War, which is not a big Justice League movie. It's just the title that I'm using. 
Um, I was about to say, because the, there was the DC animated Justice League War, yeah. which was kind of like the, you know, their animated way of bringing the Justice League together. I was curious if how much of that was going to parallel what, what you wanted in your Justice League War movie. Well, I, I really just wanted to pull Wonder Woman versus Aquaman and have that love story, have that kind of um, pre, and, and it was going to be as well, it was going to be uh, Momoa and Gal Gadot. That's that's the other thing as well. I'm keeping my Wonder Woman, my Martian Manhunter. I'm keeping my uh, Aquaman. Uh, I'm keeping, jeez, who else? I'm bringing back Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern if he wants to. Um, it's going to be a whole thing. So, yeah, Justice League War. Essentially, it's going to be a war between Themyscira and Atlantis, and it's really not going to affect anything at all with the uh people on earth because themiscura is its own little thing and you know atlantis is also its own little thing so it could be a very concealed war there's not really nuclear weapons or anything you might see a kraken pop out of the ocean and start attacking some ladies with spears but that's that's really about it um then after that we're going to go into a tv show called green arrow a canary's cry which is pretty straightforward. I think I've been itching for more Green Arrow content ever since Stephen Amell walked away from the character. Um, I, I think I think it'll be it'll be an awesome show. I don't want to tease too much, but we do have a character from that show that we have decided on for our Fancast Friday this week, which we will get to later. Um, and that's it. That's I'm not revealing anything from that show. No plans. <laughs> no plans. It's going to be basically a Black Canary origin story because we know the okay, I, we know the Green I Arrow origin. Say, we know Oliver Queen was stuck in an island for five years. Oh, you know the whole yeah. We we know that if you've seen the show Arrow, he started every show that way. I was stranded on an island for five years. Like it was a whole yeah. So, anyways, after that, oh, quick question though. Yes. Is Journey Smollett still Black Canary yes. in your Green Arrow series? Yes, she is. I'm I'm literally, I'm going to take a page from Marvel's book, and I'm keeping everything that worked about the previous universe, and I'm getting rid of everything that didn't work. Because I don't think fans care. I think they just want a good story at the end of the day. So if you could come out on stage, like a Jeff Johns, or a me, or a you, and stand out there on stage and say, listen, this is what's happening now. Get on board. Or don't. This is what's happening. We're recasting Superman. Henry Cavill does not want to come back. But Martian Manhunter wants to come back. Gal Gadot is interested. Patty Jenkins is going to direct Justice League War. Ryan Reynolds is back as Green Lantern. Teen Titans are going to be an entirely new cast. Even though I like the show Titans. Um, I was about to say Brent. I was about to say Brenton Thwaites nope. really is nope. you know, such a bright spot in them. No, eh? no, no I, I agree with you. He's incredible. New cast. All all kids. Okay. Yeah, all kids. Um, and it will be led by Dick Grayson. Um, where am I right now? Just sleep more. Okay. And after uh, Green Arrow, A Canary's Cry, we're going with Superman World War Three, which is the story where a certain Black Adam takes on your man of steel. So that's going to be a super fun one. And we could have Shazam in there too. And you could kind of make it Shazam or um, Superman versus black Adam. Cause he did need Shazam's mm-hmm. help in that. Uh, then after that, 
this is the big one. This is the one that it's probably one of, if not my favorite DC comic book storyline, is Batman the Killing Joke. It will be a six-part series. Not with Robert Pattinson. It will be... Really? It will be a different Batman set on a different Earth. It'll be its own contained thing. I want I want Matt Reeves' Batman to be its own thing. I want Todd Phillips' Joker to be its own thing. And I want them to continue with the... Um, I forget what it's called. DC Black Label? Is that what it's called? Where they, they basically okay. just kind of did their own stories. And there was no continuity with them. That's what I think they should dive into. If a creative person, a director, a producer, a writer, wants to write a story and want to have no connective tissue, you have a great story to tell, I applaud it. Do it, please. It's just not going to be on my roadmap. So I want there to be Batman franchising. I want there to be um, all these different things. Now, with Batman the Killing Joke, it's a very complex storyline. You have to establish that Dick Grayson is no longer with Batman. He is a member of the Teen Titans, which we've done now with season one of Teen Titans. You have to establish that Batman is now under or is now has now taken on Jason Todd, which he has done in this. And you have to establish a Jim Gordon and a Barbara Gordon and a Joker. And that's really it. Like there's a couple other characters you could sprinkle in. Sure. But those are really the core five that you need. And you need Jason Todd to be, spoiler alert, killed off in the first 10 minutes. And then you need Barbara Gordon to be, oh boy, um, she can't be walking in the second part. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> right? Yeah. The Oracle. The Oracle. So you get, it's like an Oracle origin story. Um, okay, so... Batman, The Killing Joke, it's going to be no connection whatsoever on a different Earth doing its own thing. We're going to build the Batman universe in a different universe only because, and there's a reason for this, I think if you're going to do a connective thing, it's it's got to be believable that if you're going to have Batman and Superman in the same universe, the, the, like it, my thought being that in the Zack Snyder movies, God love them, the, the Batman v Superman movie came way too soon. We had just seen Man of Steel and Superman was so overpowered he leveled Metropolis basically on his own. Like, I know he was fighting somebody else, but basically on his own he leveled a city. And Batman's rich. You see where I'm getting at here? So I'm thinking mm-hmm. Batman's going to fight his ground level villains, his kind of level, uh, or more to his level villains, in his own universe, in his own pocket. Then we're going to get to, after that, we're going to release Aquaman, The Trench, which is my favorite Aquaman story. It is so cool, so gritty, so dark, and I think it's a great direction right after Jason Momoa's Aquaman has fought Wonder Woman, like, to the death, like, where they are really, like, at, at each other's ends, and then the next movie you see him in, he's fighting The Trench, and we saw it a little bit in the first Aquaman movie with Jason Momoa, that The Trench are there, but we never got any real closure. They were just kind of something he had to avoid. Now it's something he has to confront because there's something there that he needs that they are guarding. And it's not the trident. It's it's something bigger. So anyways, that's that. And then we're going to get Teen Titans Season 2. Now, I didn't mention the story for Season 1 because I don't really give a shit. Season 2, though, I do give a shit. That's going to be the Judas Contract. 
That's going to be. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love that story. That's one of my top five DC stories. I love it. It's right up there with Killing Joke. Um, it's right up there with uh, with one of the next things I'm saying. But I am a huge fan of the stronger stories. Okay. If the story's good, the acting will follow. Because I think there's a lot of talented actors now. Um, so if you write a good story, they're going to execute and it's going to be a great movie because the graphics houses are not letting you down unless you give them two weeks to turn around a whole movie. Anyways, after the Judas contract, uh, we go to Wonder Woman and forgive me, I have never been able to pronounce this. I think it's Hykedia. Um, or it, might, it might be Hykesha. Nope. Cause the I is after the E. <laughs> I think it's Hykedia. That's what I. That's where I heard that it was pronounced, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. But either way, the story is of a young girl who commits. You could either call it a misdemeanor, or you can maybe change it up in the story to say that she maybe borderline killed someone. Um, and she goes to Wonder Woman, and she basically calls upon the ancient laws of Themyscira. And there's this thing called a Hykedia or Hykesha, whatever the hell you want to call it. Where if you go to a Themyscirin and you um, call out, I call I call for a Hykedia. Basically, that Themyscirin has to protect you to the death. It's a stupid old ritual, but it's really cool because the person who was chasing after this girl was Batman. So Batman will be trying to kill this girl, and that's going to be Robert Pattinson's Batman. Hmm. That's going to be Robert Pattinson's Batman on their universe. In their universe, pardon me. Um, or no, actually, no. Fuck it. Let's make it Ben Affleck's Batman. <laughs> See, I'm already like some chaos. I, don't I'm you? already thinking like DC. Fuck it. Let's do this instead. Um, <laughs> so it'll be Ben Affleck's Batman that's going after this girl, and he just wants justice. And Wonder Woman is caught up in this old ritual where she has to defend this girl um and it's it's gonna be a nuts story i love it it always makes uh, everyone very conflicted that's reading it because you you either have a fandom or or you're you're hoping that batman doesn't kill a girl um so after that uh, my my saga or my phase is not ending on a justice league movie but the next property is justice league great darkness now i was talking about this before okay this is where my roadmap gets a little different. It is Darkseid. Great Darkness is a great story about Darkseid. It's actually his first story. The Justice League are going to win. Barely. They're going to win at great cost. There's going to be deaths. Apocalypse is going to get away with his life. Or not, not Apocalypse. Darkseid is going to get away with his life. Maybe missing an arm. And he's going to be seeking revenge. And the Justice League are going to say, oh my God, we got very lucky that we were able to get him off our planet. And then, and here's just my grand plan, okay? Because I, you have to have, as much as we have a roadmap, you got to have kind of a bigger plan for where you're going eventually as well. The second Justice League movie in phase two would be Crisis on Infinite Earths. And that's why I have all these properties on these separate Earths, because they could barely beat Darkseid without his army, without anyone. Um, 
with the small Justice League team that they have, that they were able to find, that Martian Manhunter was able to kind of assemble. And then after they solve Crisis, they're going to have a much bigger roster in Justice League Dark Side War or Apocalypse War. I don't know why I keep wanting to call him Apocalypse. <laughs> it's a different villain, different different franchise altogether. Um, now, after this Justice League Great Darkness, I want to do Constantine Season 1. Now, this doesn't really, it's very loose. It's different Earth again, um, but it's very loose with everything. Like, it's really not connected to any of the other properties. But I've always noticed that you got to have something in your back pocket that in case that takes off, you now have another direction that you can go. So you can do a Justice League Dark if you want to eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do it. Like we can say that Constantine is on Batman's Earth. And then you can do the Batman from Killing Joke and Constantine. And then what else you got to do after that? You just grab a couple other heroes from, you know, or whatever. You just cast them. And I, th- I think, uh, I mean, personally, I would be excited for this. It's like a four or five year plan. Like it's pretty long. But I don't want to tire anyone out. Like, you know, you get one and a half, maybe two shows a year. Not not the four shows, the three movies that Marvel's pumping out. But, you know, you start a little smaller. And then you, you really work on story first. Story first. That's the important thing. Okay. Quick question here. Yeah. Because because you got Dark Side and you have multiple Earths, mm-hmm. um, you have to think that a ten year plan is going to end in an end game type um, event. Mm-hmm. Given what you what you've set up so far for your first half of this ten year plan, right. is your end game? And I say that both you know um, as a as an analogy and both as a metaphor, if you will. Um, What's your end game for this? Is it a you know something akin to Apocalypse War, yeah. or is it something akin to Crisis on Infinite no, Earths? No, it's it's Apocalypse War, but the second so that would be the third Justice League movie. So that would be Phase Three, but the second phase would be Crisis on Infinite Earths at the end of it. But it would be leading all throughout. I would cast my Anti Monitor and my Monitor, and I'd have them fucking with everyone's movies all throughout. And then Monitor, and Monitor is going to be kind of the connective tissue, and he's going to be kind of plucking different paragons from different Earths. And then at the end of Crisis, you're only going to have Earth Prime. So it makes Apocalypse War that much sweeter when Darkseid shows up and has his full army, full following, everyone, maybe a couple brainwashed people, who knows? Maybe he's grabbed a couple along the way. And this time, Earth Prime has every hero from every movie you've seen and all the villains too. Everybody bands together to defend this. See, I'm going to pull a Kevin Feige here and pretend I'm in Hall H. Okay. Because Apocalypse War and Crisis on Infinite Earths are not where I saw my eventual endgame go from my story arcs okay. for the 10-year plan. You. I want to hear you up. My phase two would end... With Justice League Tower of Babel, which, if you're a fan of the animated series, that would basically be akin to Justice League Doom. Sorry, did you say Tower, Tower ba- of Bagel? Babel. Bagel. Not bagels. Bagel. <laughs> Although Tower of Bagels would be really tasty. Bagel? Uh, no, but ba- basically the equivalent to Justice League Doom, where uh, Vandal Savage uh, uses Mirror Master to break into the Bat Cave in order to be able to unlock his plant his files that he has on how to take down the entire justice league so basically it's showing that batman is is definitely not 
you know, it, it basically plays on the, the paranoia that Batman has in that basically he has a way to take down everybody, including himself. That would be the build up to a phase two. Phase three for me, the final, like the end game, if you will, would be based on injustice. And we would, it would go as far how? as how? Um, super, how, we mean how? how? Like you'd have to, it's like a Mortal Kombat type movie. Like you'd have to kill a whole bunch. But if you watch the animated film, Okay, and there was a comic book series around it, but basically what it boils down to is this, is that, I mean, you take the storyline that is the basis of that video game. The Joker basically uses a kryptonite-infused um, fear toxin from the Scarecrow uh, to to make Superman think that he's uh, fighting Doomsday. So he, f- he grabs Doomsday and brings him up into the... Into the, the into space basically to get him off the earth but when he realizes that it wasn't doomsday they brought up there it was lois lane who was pregnant with his child um but there was also a um a dead man switch attached to her heart once she dies the heart stops beating it triggers a nuclear bomb that's in manhattan or i'm I'm not manhattan uh sorry metropolis Mm. and so basically the joker breaks superman Superman then kills the Joker, like just out and out, fist through the heart, kills Joker. Um, but then that really separates the Justice League because you have heroes that that agree with what Superman did. Like, yeah, these, these guys needed to be put down a long time ago. And then you have Batman on the other side. It's like, yeah, but, but if we kill, then we're no better than them. And so basically it boils into a, for lack of a better analogy, uh, a civil war type, you know, hero against hero and the, the, the world suffers for it kind of thing. Like this would be, my end game okay. would be injustice okay. at this at this point. Then, because Dark Side, let's be honest, Dark Side is kind of like the biggest thing possible for the DC universe. I don't want that in that first three phases, that first ten years. Uh, I think injustice plays on the you know the the difference between the characters' moralities much more, and it would be a cool way to end it. But that, I mean, that's just me. Um, be curious what you guys think would be a really good phase one quote quote unquote for uh the next dc 10-year plan uh what are what arcs do you think they should cover should they even touch the comic book arc should they just go completely original what do you think hit us up at another nerd show here's the thing though the one that really intrigued me out of yours was green arrow because of course, you know, Stephen Amell really put his his plant on that. So I'd be curious as to who would be able to step into Oliver Queen's shoes, which of course leads us to this week. It's Fancast Friday. It's time for Fancast Friday. That's right, Fan Cast Friday. We decided to take on the man in the hood, the man with the quiver, Oliver Queen, and basically who would play Green Arrow in a new 10-year plan for, for DC. Uh, I know who I'm picking, but I want to hear, since you're the one who brought Green Arrow into your phase one, I want you to start with who you think should be Green Arrow. I can't picture anyone else being Oliver Queen other than Charlie Hunnam. He has been fan. I and listen. I'm not even going to take credit for it. He's been fan casted for years as Oliver Queen, and the fans want him. He's a talented actor. He's really only doing the odd movie here and there. He's not committed to another TV show because he did Sons for like ten years. Um, I I think he would be absolutely incredible 
And I told you about this beforehand that I have a plan for your guy. Is it okay if I tell people that plan and then you can justify oh, your absolutely. pick? Because who you took for Oliver Queen is who I had in mind for Roy Harper. And it was going to be like a really? it was going to be like a buddy hero movie where they've already been partners, uh, Arsenal and and Green Arrow for a long time, and then they find the Black Canary and they have to kind of nurture her along. That was going to be the story that I was going with, um, but you chose who would have been my I, my Red Arrow or my Arsenal. You chose for Oliver Queen, Alex Pettifer. Uh, and for those of you who who don't know him, just go watch either Magic Mike or I Am Number Four. Um, I think either or, you know, if if either if either one is 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 Oliver Queen, I could very easily see. I mean, yes, it would make more sense for Alex Pettifer to be Arsenal if Charlie Hunnam is um, Oliver Queen. I just imagine that conversation um, at home. No, Patrick, Patrick, put the remote down. Put it down. But Dad said to watch Magic Mike. <laughs> No, 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 no! I said, I said, tragic Mike. Tragic, Watch yeah. tragic Mike. That's a trio. That's a trio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I mean, the thing with Alex Pettifer too is that he's around the same age as Journey Smollett, and we both agree that Journey Smollett should definitely continue as uh, as Black Canary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think either way would you you would have a a brand new green arrow to carry the mantle and i mean i'll I'll be honest like when arrow first came on tv i'm like oh wow they're doing a show on green arrow how's that gonna go it did very well thank you kindly um (laughs) and you're going to need someone who's going to be able to bring you know a a larger cinematic version like stephen amell did very well with with the with the character he killed it um he killed it oh absolutely but i think either charlie hunnam or alex pettifer more alex pettifer because i picked him um (laughs) would 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 definitely bring a big screen version of green arrow i think it'd be very very cool uh and if hawkeye can get his own tv series then green arrow can get his own damn movie and i'm fine with that (laughs) just just saying freaking hawkeye um who do you think should be green arrow do you agree with me? Do you agree with Kev? Don't agree with Kev. Agree with me. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter at Another Nerd Show. Uh, so next week we got She Hulk. Um, so we're going to be talk- taking a look at that. I'm excited for it. I don't know about you, but I'm excited for it. I yeah. <laughs> I don't know what more I can say at this point. It's it, it's. I know that there's there's a lot of things I was discussing before that there were maybe some plot holes. Um, but I know nothing about the plot. So how can I say that there's plot holes? I know nothing, and I'm excited to get started on that journey of Jennifer Walters and Bruce Banner. That's awesome. Okay, so to you, our listeners, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Just Another Nerd Show. Uh, remember, you can find us on Twitter, at Another Nerd Show. You can find us on Instagram, at Another Nerd Show. Uh, you can also hear uh, my other show, It's Not That Bad, on all uh podcast catcher services. Um, you can find me at Fix and Post, and you can find Kev on Twitter at... Uh, Kevin underscore Hilton. It's uh, it's really creative of me to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you 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 so logical. Um, okay, <laughs> thank you to the listeners. Remember, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. This is just another nerd show. Until next week, Hulk out, everyone. Hooray!